Ladies and gentlemen, we are exactly one month away from the regular season starting. But before that, we've got loads of pre-season chat to talk about. Once again, join me and Ben as we delve into the Hall of Fame game and much more. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3. We've just had the Hall of Fame game, we've had Hall of Fame weekend and I'm joined by my Hall of Famer, Aww. Ben Giorgio. How are you mate? That's too kind mate, you're my Hall of Famer as well. Oh Aww. god! I'm great, I've had a really good weekend, it was nice to see some some NFL, even mm. if it wasn't highlights for me. Uh, yeah, how are you? I'm okay. I'm glad football is back. Yeah. It's, it was nice to see a game. I didn't watch it live, and I'm pretty glad I didn't watch it live because uh, we'll talk about that. But that, that was the build-up. The Hall yeah. of Fame weekend is when the season really starts. I mean, I think the one big thing to take away is Dwayne Haskins looked quite good. Mm. And we'll come on to that as we explore yeah. the Hall of Fame game later on. But obviously the main topic for us uh, in, the, in the last two episodes has been training camp, and that continues. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been quite a quiet week. Yes. Not a lot. Not lots has happened. Obviously, teams getting conditioned. We've seen the first game. We've seen how teams are going to compete. You know, there's been a lot of mind games just in the media. Like that's normal. Mm. Um, but the big news is Josh Allen has a six-year contract. Yeah, six years. I mean, he deserves it. I think so. I think they. I think he's the he's the first quarterback out of that 2018 class to sign a long-term contract. And in that class as well, you've got Lamar Jackson. Uh, you've got the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Um, Mid- and- oh, no, no, my bad. My bad. I was going to say Mitch Trubisky. That was the year before. Yeah, yeah. And he's gone <laughs> now anyway. But yeah, Josh Allen, six-year deal. They've got their man. And like we said last week, and the week before, we reckon the Bills could be there. And with a six-year contract at least, mm. who knows? It's quite weird because that whole quarterback class was like kind of overlooked. Mm. Like everyone was amazed that Baker was taken one yeah. over Sam Darnold. Yeah. Uh, then people like Lamar Jackson had won the Heisman the year before, and everyone was like, "We don't want him." Uh, Josh Allen came out of Wyoming, which isn't a massive mm. D one um, program. Yeah. And. Fair play to every single one of them. What you've got a league MVP, you've got someone who's in the league MVP discussion who now has one of the biggest contracts in the NFL. You have Baker Mayfield, who if he has another good season, will be in that bracket with Mahomes and Allen. Mm-hmm. And Sam Darnold is starting fresh at the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I think focusing on Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, they're definitely two who have gone in and completely transformed their franchises. Well, the Bills didn't have a playoff run in 15 years, Yeah, it was, was a it? long time, about yeah. 15, 20 years. Then, obviously, the Browns drafted Baker off an 0-16 season. Like, they're two guys who deserve the money, mm. if anyone is to deserve like the stupid amounts of money that there are in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> um, but fair play to him, and I hope he backs up this year with our, you know, with uh, making our 
predictions come true in the AFC and Super Bowl predictions we mm. had in episode one. Yeah, it was episode Go one. Go and check it yeah. out if you haven't listened. Yeah. Um, but the other big news is staying in the quarterback camp is Deshaun Watson uh, for the first time in a week has been back at the Texans facility training with Houston. Uh, what does this mean? I think it means what we said in the first week and the second week. I'm losing track of our weeks. <laughs> but they, I don't think the Texans want him still. No. But he just, I think he was talking to the GM I've seen um, on his way out. And I wonder if, I don't know, it's a discussion saying like, look to Sean, we know you want to leave, but if you want to get another place at another team, you're going to have to be in training camp and you're going to have yeah. to do your reps so people can look at you and say, actually, he he's all right. He's, he's get rid of that, all them accusations. I know it's obviously, that's basically hindered him from mm. wanting to stay and everyone else not really wanting him, but... At the end of the day, it's what happens on the football field, which makes you a great player or makes you a blowout, I know. So, I think he's just doing it to try and get in a a new club, but who knows? It's it's getting to the end now. His pre-season starts this week. Yeah, well, the trade deadline is like week eight. Mm. And as a franchise-changing QB that he is, you don't really want to be going somewhere and you kind of hope a franchise wouldn't be pulling you in in like week six, seven, yeah. eight. Like it's too late to do anything. And especially in a in a new era of NFL where there are going to be no tied records. You're either going to have a winning season or you're going to have a losing season. Mm. It's, it's, I think there's too much pressure as well as with his allegations on his shoulders that he needs that trade now. Yeah. Like maybe preseason week two latest. Like then at least he's got two games where he can see how everything works. Mm. But... The main thing is there's destinations that still want him. Yeah. So it is just a matter of when and who. When and who. And if that's the case, then what happens? What's the domino effect of those franchises? But as spectators, that's why we love this sport, because mm-hmm. you, you never know what's going to happen in the market. Like there's there's not many rumours that come out. You know, it's you get something from Rappaport or um Pelissero or the other guys like that, and then bang, done. Yeah. There's never or this is a possible thing, like mm. we have with Fabrizio Romero here. Like, <laughs> oh, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. Yeah, for all we know, but over here, Charlton Athletic could be linked with Messi. <laughs> but over there, it is very much, this is happening, bang, it's done. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see when and what is happening with those reports when they come out to mm. us. But yeah. Shall we get on to the first game? First pre-season game? I, I think we should. The Hall of Fame game review. It was a snooze fest. Mate, it's so boring. <laughs> 16-3 to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, yeah. against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys didn't have Dak playing. They didn't have Zeke playing. Uh, Zeke they... was padded. That was the interesting thing. He was padded and on the sideline, but he didn't play. Mm. They did have Micah Parsons there, a drafty, and Najee Harris for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think did very well. I mean, um, Najee Harris got 22 yards. And Michael Parsons made three tackles. I, mean, I think Mises had a better game there. But yeah, yeah. Najee, Najee Harris meant to be the next MVP, uh, according to some journalists. <laughs> but yeah, it was boring. And the kicking was shocking as well. It was. What, their first kick was made in the third quarter? Yeah. I yeah. think two out of the five field goals were missed. <laughs> so they really got to sort that out. Um, 
What do you think? No, I'd say the same as you. You know, there was no big names on the Cowboys side. There was no Dak. There were no Amara Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Nothing really amazing on the offensive side for either team. Mm. I mean, the Steelers gave reps to Claypool and Washington, yeah. which was big. Like, we didn't see Juju, um, which is, I, in, in my mind, almost a bit controversial. Like, you give it to your other two big receivers. Mm. You don't give it to your wide receiver one, who's got a one-year contract. I know it's only pre-season. They didn't really want it, did they? No, and it's an irrelevant game. But that's a bit fishy for me in the in the Pittsburgh camp. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it just felt like an extra pre-season game. Didn't it wasn't it? great. No. The thing that I've taken away from it, though, what is going to be interesting is for Mike Tomlin to decide who he has QB2 now. Because yes. he saw three quarterbacks play. We had uh, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and also Joshua Dobbs. Um Haskins had the most throws, uh, but second most yards. Mm. Rudolph completed two thirds and eighty-four yards. But Joshua Dobbs, he's the new man in the picture. See, two thirds completed, six attempts, and a touchdown. Now, what does that what does that show? I mean, like we said, it's only a preseason game, but we would have gone into it saying Dwayne Haskins surely second string. They've just yeah. brought him in. But in the first preseason game, he's got the most reps. And he's only got second most yards, no touchdowns. There's only two touchdowns in the game. One was a throw, one was a uh, rushing play. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I think the argument's There's there. three of them yeah. fighting for the second string. But then Josh Dobbs it has, has never been a QB1. He's never, he's never been that. He's always been back up. He was back up in Green Bay before going to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that's fine but then, though. Yeah, yeah. So he, to be so, he has, so he has no pressure. He has no reason to go out there going, oh, I'm going for QB1. Two, mm. right? Obviously, we're probably going to Ben Roethlisberger's last year. So, if it is QB2, not only is it QB2, you're QB1 for the 2022 season. Yeah. Like, realistically, unless mm. they have a terrible season where they get a good draft pick, mm. which is Pittsburgh. It doesn't happen. Like, unless there's a trade made. Uh, what did you say last week? Steelers have had a positive record for the last 15 years yeah, or something. It's yeah. stupid. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. happen. So... Dwayne Haskins was number like you can't forget he was num he was the second quarterback taken in the twenty nineteen draft yeah. behind Kyler Murray. There's clearly potential there. He was the Ohio State Buckeyes number one QB. I just I, I think as you said it, it kind of has to be Dwayne Haskins. But if they're his numbers, is it worth it? He's in a new scheme. You could argue that. And Mason Rudolph was obviously QB two for the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and you could also argue were his weapons the best. His weapons were better than the Cowboys' weapons, mm. that's for sure. And they were obviously every now and again. But it should be Dwayne going into the season. I think that's where pre-season for the Steelers is going to be really important yeah. for not knowing who your QB2 is. And they they got uh, three games left. Mm. I mean, you could start literally each person in each of the games. You know, you could start <laughs> yeah. Dwayne on Friday night. And you could start... Mason the next week and then uh, Josh, Josh Dobbs the final week. So I think they're going to be interesting to watch the Steelers to see what happens with that because inevitably we know what Big Ben's like. Yeah. He gets injured after four weeks and won't come back for the rest of the season. No, exactly. So, I mean, and that's, that, that's the thing. Uh, I think that was quite, kind of the opposite with the Cowboys. They, you know, I don't think the Steelers are scared to show what they've got in mm. preseason. It's almost like, oh, we're Pittsburgh, you know. We'll go nine and seven, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Whereas, like, this is the thing. Do you think almost the Cowboys were hiding stuff, 
like as we said, there's no, there weren't any starters no. on on the offense. I don't know about the O line, um, but the weapons, nothing there. Nothing there. It, you know, is is it Mike McCarthy's proper rookie year at the Cowboys, if you will? It's the first year his scheme is going to be properly implemented with all the tools mm. with Dak. Hopefully, touch wood, after week four, and he doesn't suffer a terrible injury like he did uh, in the 2020 season. Is it the Cowboys' year to really go, we have a new coach, this is us? I think they have to. I mean, like you said, they're, they're America's team. They, mm. the, they, um, I posted something on the uh, Twitter, if you don't follow that, it's Division B Podcast, <laughs> you should. And also we're on Instagram now, the Division B Podcast. It's just all Division B Podcasts. But in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys are the richest club. They yeah. they're worth like six billion dollars. Mm. So you can't. You've got to be up there. You've got to be. You've got to be at the top. And I think that's where you say, yeah, they must be hiding something. I mean, it's preseason. Who knows what's happening? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see it in hard knocks. See see that's if they true. have an idea. If there's a plan to it. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting that's, season. I completely forgot they have hard knocks. Yeah. And that's like, as you said, you know, you got Jerry Jones. You have you have the Ford Star Center, which is incredible. Like, it's one of those that if you go on Google, just look at it. It's mm. pretty mega what they've built there. I mean, even they're all or nothing on Amazon Prime. That's a great season to yeah. watch. Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting because I think they know where they should be. Like. They, they should be like Pittsburgh, where they should never be in a losing season. Like, mm. what they've had two picks now in the top 20 in the last two drafts. For them, yeah. that's like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, and again, like, I, I personally think they should have all the confidence in the world. They're going into the new season with everyone they want is back fit and healthy. They have a coach who has won a Super Bowl mm. and they're in a losing division yeah. where their main rivals in. Philadelphia Eagles look shit. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a massive season. There's a lot of pressure yeah. on the uh, on the Cowboys, especially with. I mean, last year it was just a bit of a write off because they were like their excuse was, "Oh, Dak was injured, yeah. our star man," but he's back now. If they can't find something, which I I highly doubt they'll they'll struggle this year. No. To be fair, but if they can't find something this year, then I don't know. Do they end up becoming like a like a Who's, who's a really bad team who used to be good? Like a Denver Broncos or someone. Mm. Who's won plenty of Super Bowls. Yeah. And they're just... Meh. They're just that. <laughs> they're just that at the moment. Well, it's funny you say Super Bowls, isn't it? It is quite funny Should, should, should we go on to NFL greatest this Let's week? Let's do it. Should Let's I lead? It. Is that... Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. a nice little pathway. So, obviously, my last two have been very focused around the Chargers uh, in the looks department on pitch with their helmets and their jerseys and their uh, colour rushes. Very appealing. Uh, sadly, they won't be mentioned this week as they have never won a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> for me, it is the NFL greatest Super Bowl rings. Oh, I do love them. Oh, I mean, Brady's got seven of them, so it was quite hard to dodge <laughs> all of those. Um, Gronk's got five. Again, quite hard to... Yep. to, to... But I think I did alright. I think I did alright. So... Um, there will be a post on our socials uh, of the modern era Super Bowl from Super Bowl One from 1966 all the way through to 2016, and then I'm pretty certain 
that's where Brady really has half of his rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't really need to be refreshed on that front. Um, <laughs> where do I start? So I'm going to start quite negatively, to be honest with you. It's the Packers 1967 Super Bowl II ring. It looks like a face from Futurama, the TV program. You know what it does look like? It looks like the Big Brother eye. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's like, like the Big Brother eye. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. Don't get me wrong. It's still worth like 20k like, yeah. per ring, but it's just quite ugly. Like yeah, it's, it's not great. You look, you look at that page where there's what 60 rings or 50 rings, and you're like, that stands out as quite possibly. Why would you want that? Mm. It's not ideal. No. For, for such an iconic team, they've made an iconically shit ring. There's one further down it which looks more like the uh, Big Brother Eye. I don't know whose that is, but that is the Big Brother Eye. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Ra- I don't know. Is that the Raiders on the side, does it say? It says oh, Riggins. I've got no idea. Could, could be Tampa. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but that's, that's, that's the negativity out of the way. We've brushed that aside. Nice. I have to say... The Indianapolis Colts and Baltimore Colts, as they were known when they won their first Super Bowl. Mm. Um, two very nice rings. You know, I gave a lot of praise for their design of the horseshoe. Yeah. And they've just struck gold, uh, no pun intended, on their rings here. <laughs> I mean, the 1970 Super Bowl five ring is is lovely. Like, you look at it and you just think, oh, like, oh, that is, that nice. is a, a nice ring. They've got a nice little... Uh, Color differentiation, yeah, almost like a TV screen, isn't it? Mm. With, with with the horseshoe sticking cold. out, yeah, that's it's something. Like, right <laughs> well. That's something you see a skinhead wearing a local car ring, like you know, it's a nice ring. Uh, <laughs> you can't really complain with it. And obviously, the other ring, two thousand and seven Super Bowl yeah. forty one, Peyton Manning. It's iconic. I think it's very similar to the. It's, it's quite similar to the other Patriots ones, mm. you know. I think a lot of people kind of took that Patriots approach because they're clean, they're nice, yeah, well designed. But the Colts one there for me is... It's that blue. Yeah, oh, it's just such a nice blue. And everything it meant to the, the Colts organisation, that was their first time they won a Super Bowl in almost 70 years. Mm. Um, sorry, almost 60 years. It's, you know, fair play to yeah. them. Uh, uh, lovely ring. But... Anything? <laughs> anything <laughs> on else? the Colts ones? No, there's not really. It's just a blue. Just the blue. I think the diamond background is quite nice. The diamond background is very nice. Well, next, going on from one Manning to another Manning, uh, the New York Giants' most recent one. Mm. So that was Eli in twenty two thousand. No, is that the one that beat Patriots? Yeah. So what? Two thousand eight. Eight. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this is my favourite one on here. I I have to say. Really? Oh no no. Twenty (laughs) twelve. Super Bowl 46. That was not the Patriots game. No, it wasn't. I don't know what I game I can't remember was. who they beat. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. That's okay. Um, we can look it up. <laughs> again, it's similar to the New England style of ring. Yep. But it's more distinguished to the other, to the other ones. Mm. I, I really like that the Giants to focus in there and not the amount of Super Bowls. Yeah. Like remembering almost where you came from and who supported you with the Giants there. I think it's a nice little touch. There's a nice but, subtle blue to that one as well. Yeah. You can see it's a bit of a tinge, but it's not like overwhelming like that one. Why is that? That must have been, I don't know. There's a there's a one with one Super Bowl in the middle. It's mm. the first Giants. It's the, actually the first Giants one. It oh, says, there you go. And it's just a heavily dominated blue. Mm. Um, but that, that's a nice blue. <laughs> <laughs> that's a blue ring. But, but, um, yeah, that, 
2012. I, I mean, to be fair, the difference nice. between the, the Colts and the Giants is that blue, isn't it? The, the, mm. the Giants is kind of a more relaxed, yeah. but the, the Colts is more of a uh, sea blue, if, if you will. Mm. But still nice. Um, very nice. Now we're getting into, into my modern, modern ones. I think uh, we don't have a picture in front of us, so if Brandon hasn't seen it, I've kind of shot myself in the foot here. The Bucks new ring mm-hmm. is so slick. It is so cool. The first ever ring that has two layers to it. Yep. So for our listeners, if you haven't seen it, the players can ta- and the staff can take out the main part of the ring, of the face of the ring, where it has the team and how many Super Bowls they've got in the year and stuff. And there's a rep- identical replica of the stadium in all gold with the score in it, I think. Yeah, it's got the scores yeah. in there. And, games. and the team uh, is a diamond signature spread. yeah it's oh my god it is unbelievable it I is think it's so the best, cool I think it's the best ring that they've yeah. that anyone's ever done and the great thing about Super Bowl rings in general uh, NFL usually plays on Instagram but everything has a meaning they don't just yeah. whack on 50 diamonds for no reason because yeah. it fills it up there are meanings to every single part of that they may have 20 diamonds for the 20 points they scored against yeah. someone or something like that so it's just some intricate details which make a ring a proper ring oh, yeah lovely I, I, I think the one disappointment is they didn't get the boat in in the stadium right oh, could you imagine that imagine if they got that i mean it's it's, it's obviously going to be on the ring somewhere because mm. it's such a big part of that stadium and that franchise but maybe their next one next year who knows <laughs> so uh one i've got two questions for you now brandon oh no who in the future will design the best ring? Now, obviously, we don't know who's going to ring the Super Bowl, but if you could choose any team in the NFL, who would win it and design the best ring? Who's going to design the best ring? I know who I'd choose. I think the best ring will be designed by maybe the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, okay. they got flair. Miami's got yeah. flair to it, you know. Um, they're just like that. The old, the old Miami colours, like the turquoise. And Imagine that lovely. As well. oh, oh. I think they're... Miami's just got something about it, which is like, it's Miami. It's, yeah. it's that city. It's that culture. It's that hard rock stadium. It's mm. hard rock. It's a bloody... It's like a restaurant. And they're named <laughs> after... It's just... And I love their logo, especially that old logo. Yes. Um, with the dolphin, with the, with the helmet. With the helmet on. on. I think... With the colours they've got now, superb. Fair play. Oh, what about you? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I kind of went for a more who's got money approach. <laughs> right. So, so uh, <laughs> I went for the Cowboys. The Cowboys I mean, are going to be good as well. I, I think the thing is as well, I think Jerry, he's, he's getting old, bless him. Mm. I, think, I think if they manage to get a Super Bowl in the next three years, then he will step away from that organisation. Yeah. But you already know. That thing won't just be a ring it'll be a fucking knuckle duster yeah you know it'll go across all the knuckles it'll cover every ounce of finger it physically can mm. they'll probably have a replica design of the ford center <laughs> uh you know full color rush kit on the side um but i think the Dallas cowboys if they if they manage to win it will, yeah will design I, a pretty cool ring i was thinking either dolphins or cowboys yeah i think it's just like we've said cowboys most Richest NFL club, <laughs> like, and Dallas as a whole, and like you say about the uh, the centre and their, their training facilities, mm. 
it's got it's got Dallas written all out all over it, it. It really does. If they can actually get to that promised land again, then uh, they will. It should be good. It should be good. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Mm. You know, there's, there is one I'd like to see that I've never seen before in a few bowlings, and that is the the Cardinals. Yeah. But we won't get personal with that. <laughs> so that's uh, finally, which ring is the best ring of all time in your perspective? Can we agree on one? It doesn't have to be on that list. Best ring of all time. It doesn't have I do want to make it on this list though. Oh, so, oh that's fair. So I'm going to, I'll end up forgetting. I think in terms of, I think in terms of the detail and everything like that, it's got to be the Bucks. Yeah. But in terms of looks, I can't get past that Colts one. The, 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 the paint the, the Manning, Manning one. one. Yeah. I think it's just, it's plain, it's simple, and that blue and that Colts, mm. it's it pops at you, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really like my rings, all like fancy and everything, and loads of stuff going on. You see the the Steelers ring there, too mm. along from that, just so many diamonds. What is the point of it? And it's, it looks messy, but it does. I do like the Seattle one though, the green eye. Yeah, the I green mean, emeralds. The, the one you, I, I think the Colts is the best one on there. Mm. The other one that I I really like, that I haven't actually mentioned, is the last Broncos one, bottom right, the, it, the 50th yeah. Super Bowl. Again, one of Peyton's rings, mm. um, but just it's an iconic year as well. Yeah, last century. Like world champions in that Denver in that Denver orange. Yeah, um, a bit more noticeable that is Denver to their previous couple, <laughs> uh, which you will see one if you just check out. The, the, one of them is like an eye test mm. in the opticians for color blindness. Um, I think the number as well. It's the only Super Bowl which has was a number. Yeah. It wasn't a Roman numeral. We won't get so. that for another what forty years now. Yeah. Until it's the hundredth year. So, a uh, hundred Super Bowl. Sorry, not mm. hundredth year. So yeah, there we go. We decided the best Super Bowl ring is the two thousand and seven Super Bowl forty one Indianapolis Colts Peyton Manning led Super Bowl ring. Well done, Peyton. <laughs> Talking to Peyton. Yes. I've got my NFL greatest. The enshrinement. The enshrinement gear. Get your enshrinement <laughs> gear at NFL.com. Um, not sponsored. Hashtag ad. Oh. <laughs> Please sponsor us, NFL. Anyway, my NFL greatest this year is Hall of Fame speeches. Now, I was going to go back and do loads of them, but I simply didn't have time to listen to Ray Lewis's 33-minute speech. And quite frankly, we haven't got the money for copyright claims. That's very true. <laughs> um, so I've only done it from this weekend. We've had two classes we've had the centennial 2020 class go in and the 2021 class go in huge names like huge massive names. names massive names in the world of mm. um american football but i'm going to count down from my five favorite moments mm. favorite parts favorite parts of the um the speeches i assume you've seen some of them maybe I've, i tried i tried yeah, obviously i wanted to watch peyton's because peyton is is an icon for yeah. us um and then obviously Megatron, Troy mm. Polamalu, Troy Polamalu, Polamalu. That's it. <laughs> and um, oh, the other Indianapolis Colt uh, who went up, who played with Peyton, uh, Edrin Drain. That's Edrin, it. Uh, Those James. Yes. Yeah, they were the three I I got to watch. Well, you you said two of the two oh, of the I've got. So <laughs> my fifth place is from the twenty twenty class, and that is Troy Polamalu, and. The greatest thing I think about this is he was the only one who cried about being in the Hall of Fame. There was uh, 
Calvin Johnson. Oh no, sorry, Carl's, Carl, Charles Woodson, who came on. He was yeah. uh, very emotional. But on his way out, Troy Polamalu, he was crying because he, he couldn't believe it. And he'd, he wasn't able to get his gold jacket on the Friday mm. because he was just recovering from COVID. COVID. So I think it was Everything that sense of him yeah. being like, I've got through this deadly disease and I'm here now. Mm. And he's an American Samoan. He's not, he's not fully American. He's got, he, he comes on his um, Hawaiian, Hawaiian like, yeah, yeah. Um, brace, a necklace with all the flowers. And I think it was just, I think it was just beautiful to watch because it meant more to him than just receiving a yeah. jacket. Yeah. I mean, he's just come through this illness and all his family's there and he's talking about the, his culture and where he comes from mm. and what it means to him to be where he is. And, I think it was just beautiful, and he was like I said, he was the only person who went out crying because he was so. Yeah. He was like, "Oh my god, I've I, made it." I think the other nice thing for me was how many Steelers fans were there, mm. and you saw the the terrible the, towels, the, the, yeah, yeah, getting flown about, and it was, uh, you know, that's that's where in every sport stuff like this I think is great. Like now we've got the Premier League Hall of Fame over here. I think that's a great touch, in my mm. opinion. I know a lot of people think it's Americanized, but. You know, there's a lot of, like, you don't realise in American sport, there is a lot of, oh, I don't really like that bloke because he's playing for them. Yeah. But there's nowhere near as much there is here. But it's definitely visible on certain characters. Mm. And Troy Polamalu. Polamalu. <laughs> I'll get it by the end of this episode. Uh, was one of those characters. You didn't want him on the opposing defence. Yeah. You, you didn't want him there. And he was there. Mm. And I think it just showed people stood up and were like, you know what? He does deserve it. Yeah. He's he's once in a lifetime player. Yeah, 2010 Defensive Player of the Year. And his bust was great as well. He had his luscious oh, locks hair, going down. the helmet, yeah. Couldn't even see his name. Fantastic. <laughs> Couldn't even see his surname on his jersey. I thought that was always cool. Because it's like, <laughs> it's just number 48 or whatever it was. And it was just like, oh, fuck, it's him. <laughs> number four, I'm going from the 2021 class. And it's Drew Pearson, mm. uh, the Cowboys wide receiver, I believe he was. And it's a... It was a poem he said during the start of his speech. I'll read it. I'll go, Don't judge me from the heights, but from the depths of which I have come. I fight to hold my head up those times when even my friends tried to make a fool of me. There are things that my heart attacked that they just couldn't see. Some said I was hopeless and mind tangled in the night, but guess what? Strong hearts just keep going. That's why I'm standing here tonight at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it was just beautiful. Like, it's... A lovely poem to sum up where this man has obviously come from yeah and where he's finally got to at the height of his career and he probably must have dreamed dreamed about it from when he was young mm. i think you can just hear the, the like the raw emotion in that mm. like ah it is it is it's, a, it's such a weird one because there are people who go into the hall of fame who you do question yeah but the amount of respect and respect <laughs> respect, respect, and integrity—they all have for one another—is just—it is unbelievable. Like yeah. regardless of who you are, where you come from, what position you played, you're in there together. Mm. And something that was said, which you might pick up on for the, for the bottom three for you, is everyone meant in the in the speeches I watched was, I can't believe I'm in this great team. Yeah, and it was I'm in the team with this person, mm. person A, person B, person C, and that just is reflected in that poem. Yeah. I think it's like you say they can't believe they're they're finally there because I looked at our base. There's about twenty six and a half thousand NFL players who mm. have ever played, 
and there's only 346 of them in the Hall of Fame, which is, is about 1.2% of all NFL players make it there. Mm. So it is, it's a massive achievement, like you say, where they come from and what they've been through. I think it leads uh, nicely leads on to my number three, which is who you've already mentioned, Ed Joan James, um, the Colts running back, uh, who was in that Peyton Manning side when they won that Super Bowl, the, mm. the lovely ring. Um, and this is the end of his. He goes, my closing message Proudly represent the real you. Follow your dreams. Aim high and create the life you want to live. And to all of those who have been judged prematurely because of their appearance, the way they speak or where they come from, and in the minds of many should be locked up in prison, I represent us. I'm forever immortalised, locked up in the Canton Correctional Institution. So, which is obviously mm. a joke saying he's a Canton Hall of Famer. Uh, inmate number 336 in the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. My career started with gold teeth and ended with this gold jacket. Good night and God bless. Yeah. I think that that is probably my favourite part. Like, I mean, that's lot... that's the perfect way to to to, to bat down the, the haters and the doubters, mm. isn't it? Just it started with gold teeth and ended with gold jacket. Yeah. That's just that's the cherry on top for him. Oh, that's genius. That, yeah, what what he's written there is absolute genius, and it reflects a lot of NFL players come from um, mm. tough backgrounds uh, from from the hood they, they call it the hood yeah. um, Corey Enfield to Londoners <laughs> <laughs> so how they end up getting here it's I mean we, we, we're very privileged where we live and everything like oh, that hugely compared to this guy, these yeah. guys who where they've come from they, they, they say they they grew up not being able to not being able to afford any cleats or anything and they make it into that elite fame, yeah. elite group. I think he sums it up perfectly there. It's great stuff. It was. I, I, and that was another one that, like, his emotions, I don't think, got the better of him. He was there, and he was like, I'm going to savour every moment. Like, mm. You could see he was laughing a lot in his speech. Yeah. And that was, that was good to see. Like, it was, again, people deal with things differently, and his emotion uh, journey through the speech, we say, yeah. was... A different one, but it was nice. Mm. It was a good one. My number two is from the 2021 class, and it's Charles Woodson's speech. Okay. I think his whole speech, he goes out and he sings um, a song from Boys to Men right. uh, to his mum, who presented these bus for him. And in his whole speech, he was getting really emotional. He was saying he wants to thank everyone. And then right at the end, he goes, everyone stand up. Who's I ever played saw with this. And he goes, without all of you, fans players, coaches, mm. opposition fans, I wouldn't be here today. And I've always said throughout my career, I'm here with everyone. Who and was that? Charles Woodson. Oh, Calvin Johnson did the same. Yeah. Yeah. They both did it. Mm. Um and he goes, We're we're all here together. You're all in the Hall of Fame with me. Mm. And I think it was just he he was really emotional. He was he was um tearing up and choking up yeah. a lot of the time. But his whole speech, if you get to listen to it it's only about 10 minutes long. Great. Great one. <laughs> Great part. Number one. Number one. It's the first one from our generation, really. It's Mr. Peyton Manning. Of course We've spoken about him. Um, this bit, right at the start, he goes, The 2021 induction class wants to thank those previous inductees who gave long-winded acceptance speeches, forcing us to have a whopping six minutes to recap our football careers. I want to give a special thanks to my old rival, Ray Lewis, for being here tonight. Ray just finished giving his speech, which he started in 2018. 
It's obviously 33 minutes long. Next year's expect acceptance speeches will be probably shrink down to four minutes. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. Uh, this actually leads on to people booing and everything yeah. like that. By the time he is inducted in his first year of eligibility, which is 2035, he'll only have time to post his, his acceptance speech on Instagram. <laughs> I think it got up with a massive cheer. Peyton Manning's come out. He's made a few jokes. I don't think it's just funny having a dig at his old rivals, yeah. saying that Tom Brady isn't going to be eligible for 2035, which is five years after he retired, so he's going to be playing for another 10 years when he's 55 years old. And then only been able to be on Instagram because he's going to be so long. Um, I think it's just funny. I think it's it, good fun. Yeah, I do think it was a class speech. And again, with um, the previous one you mentioned, you know, he had his he had his dad unveil his yeah. sculptor um, with him. And again, someone who loved being in the environment with, with the people he played with and really praised that. And, like, I, I actually almost teared up to Eli Manning's speech when he spoke about family and mm. what Eli had done for him, what his brother who... Was it Archie, their brother, who like got injured but was apparently like going to be the number one receiver yeah. in the NFL? And it's like... like That family, not only are they insane at sport, mm. but the respect they have for people is yeah. untouched. It just seemed really nice yeah. really nice guys really nice family and I, I do think of anyone in that class over the weekend of 2020 and 21 he is the one who he got the biggest cheer yeah you know I think he's one of those people a bit like you were saying Bolton where Farrer in athletics even if you like know nothing about him you want him to succeed mm. like because he's just got that character where it's like he's so selfless he just wants the best for everyone and if that results in the best for him then amazing yeah and if anyone who hasn't seen his gameplay, just go and watch some of it and mm. you see it. it. Like, the guy is a genius yeah, on great. an NFL pitch. Like, Change the way the quarterbacks play. Unbelievably. And that famous Omaha, Omaha. Yeah. You know, the guy, and, and that's the thing that I think a, peop, a lot of people don't realise. He started his NFL career in one of the worst ways possible. He started with an 8-8, eight and eight, I think an 8 and 8 season or a losing season. Yeah. His first four games, he had fumbles, interceptions, turnovers galore. Mm. And he ended up with two Super Bowl rings from two different franchises, 18 years in the NFL, and is now one of the most respected names and will be forever. Like, yeah. what a career he had. And that is why, I, like, in my opinion, like, he is the one over the weekend who deserves it the most. I think you summed him up perfectly. And I think you've summed up the Hall of Fame. And the inductees perfectly mm. as well there. Lovely stuff. Well, we've gone for, uh, very serious, that <laughs> last little segment was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. We go on to our adapted uh, segment now yes. from GMFB. Believe it or not. Mm. Now, we've gone back. We've had some reflection this week. We've realised we may have to adapt I believe it or not but yes. it's not really our segment it's our segment until the season starts mm. so we can do what the hell we want with it so Brandon should we do go we, with you first do you have three and I have two I do have three um, okay I'll go I'll go with the one I added on extra right believe it or not Ben history will be made this season where a regular season game has a ticket price of five thousand dollars <laughs> believe it or oh not oh my god right i'm thinking here i'm getting 
locked in to the stadiums that the NFL teams play in. Regular oh. season, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jags have their little sauna, um, hot tub mm-hmm. area, which is in an unbelievable location. So that's got to be in four figures anyway. Then, will, will the Raiders have their nightclub finished in their new stadium? There's a nightclub in they're, the stadium. They're, a, they're thinking of building a nightclub oh behind the end zone. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It'll be absolutely People are going to be throwing bottles at them. <laughs> I think it's, clo- it's like closed off. But <laughs> there will be a nightclub be there. Great. Um, I mean, SoFi is in Southern California, which is just expensive anyway. I'm going to believe. You're going to believe I'm it. I'm going to believe. You're right to believe it. However, it's none of them reasons about right. stadiums. <laughs> It is going to cost you $5,000 to go and watch the Sunday night game, New England Patriots versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's return. And, as it's projected, he could end up with the total, uh, the highest passing yards in that game if they if he keeps on his... Well, projected, in NFL history. In NFL history, wow. he could do it that game. It's going to cost you five grand, Ben. But well done, you got it right. I'll take it. Good I mean, stuff. Jesus. What, imagine Did you pay that much money? Mate, imagine if that's like a second tier seat yeah. as well. Like you go, <laughs> what, that's a mum's wages for some people? <laughs> like, you're there like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Would you Less do that? mum's wages. I don't know yeah. that I would. I like the game, but I don't think I'd do it. No, me neither. Uh, no. Too much money. But that's actually quite a good link on to my first. Oh, nice. Um, my first believe it or not. Yes. So, Brandon, believe it or not, Roger Staubach, who was the Cowboys QB from 1969, <laughs> is the current richest NFL player in the world. What? Believe current... it or not, richest NFL player in the world. Hmm. Give us your thought it... process. Well, my thought process is <laughs> he can't be because Patrick Mahomes is earning half a billion dollars in the next 10 years. Hmm. But at the moment, he hasn't got that money yet. No, he hasn't. But I'm other. I'm thinking of other people who have got. And that's only if he meets all, um, all his requirements, yeah. and objectives. So I'm thinking. I don't know. They're saying he created the Hail Mary, didn't he? He did. Mm. So has he got rights One to the two Super Bowls? Well, <laughs> has he got rights to the Hail Mary? The word the Hell Mary is it, is it like whenever, whenever Owen Farrell kicks a conversion <laughs> yeah. and he does the charity celebration, money is donated. Is that like Starback? Whenever Hell Mary is said on live TV, he goes, Claim! But I don't think I don't think it'll be from his playing days because what was that? Thirty years ago, forty years ago. Yeah. So we can't have got that amount of money from then. There's so much more money now. But he must be doing something outside of football which I don't know about, so I'm just going to say that I don't believe it. You don't believe? No. You should have believed, Brandon. What? He is worth $600 million. What the hell's he done there? $600 million. Now, I forgot to write notes here. I don't know why I did that. So from recollection, I will inform you and our listeners as to uh, how he has made that fortune for himself. So obviously, he wasn't getting the likes that Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Mm. other players are getting. However, he was still getting $2 million a year or $3 million a year. And obviously he had quite a good playing career. He won a couple of Super Bowls, which automatically gives you a bit more money. Yeah. Um, then I believe he went into some punditry. He went into some commentary. So obviously if you do some 
commentary or journalism, that's very good money, especially yeah. if you're in Fox NFL. And apparently, through his time, uh, he saved. So he put money into like stocks and shares, uh, ISAs, like all oh, the equivalent for us. Um, so yeah, so he just saved money. It, you know, we had I that. Never thought that we had that topic in season one, didn't we? Mm. Where a lot of players go bankrupt, yeah. go bust. He played in 1969. It was his first year in the NFL, I believe, or the first year of the Cowboys, and he's worth six hundred million dollars as of the 9th of August, 2021. That's that 40 unreal. years on, 50 years on. He's and a very he's good businessman. Very good businessman. I think a lot of those guys we spoke about in season one need to have a lesson from Roger Slovak. Well, I wonder if that's going to... I wonder how the players nowadays, they do it. Do they do they save a lot of money or, do they, or are they... Oh, they will spenders? do, won't they? I mean, I, I wonder... I, 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 you know what I'd be really interested in to see? How many players, like, have... Uh, things in their contracts that immediately give money to charities. Yeah. Because, you know, like, as we said, half a billion dollars for Mahomes. Mm. He doesn't need all that money. So <laughs> it I, doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's got a young family. Yeah. And she's going to be set for her life. She doesn't have to have a working day. Neither does his kids, nor, really. No, nor, neither do his grandkids. So, uh, that's a good one, Ben. I'm not very good at this second. I've got them... <laughs> I got two of them wrong last week. I've got the third one wrong. But today. yeah, there you go. Roger Staubach is currently the richest NFL player in the world. Wow. And he hasn't played in 30 years. More or... than Brady. More than Brady. God. Have we just gone to your number two? Okay. Your number two. I'll go for my number two. It's another money one. We're very, very <laughs> money related today. How much does a 30 second advertising spot in the Super Bowl cost? Well, this is your forte. This is your business, isn't it? Uh, how much? Advert- but this is America, second, obviously, yeah. so it's prime time there. Thirty. Oh, I've, oh, sorry, I've got, I've got a uh, multiple choice. Oh, oh <laughs> my bad. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Is it three million dollars, five million dollars, eight million dollars, or one million dollar? That's. I mean, they're all steep. So one million, three million, five million, eight million. Mm-hmm. Oh, so prime time, and it's funny because you don't get like flex tape with Phil Swift. <laughs> coming in on the Super Bowl it's always like Pepsi <laughs> yeah. Domino's Pizza Hut and they've got like loads of they've got like I don't know Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr doing it yeah. as well which Famous means places. they're spending a lot of money on those anyway aren't they regardless of actually putting on NFL Network mm. or CBS or Fox or whatever it's a shame we're not going to get the Domino woohoo <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go three million Wrong, it's five. Million. Oh, so go five. I thought you were going to go oh. five. You sound like you were going to go five. Five million dollars for a 30, 30 seconds. seconds. And that is that like one 30 seconds? That's one 30 seconds. So if you want a minute and a half, you pay you have to pay 15 so mil. Yeah. Um, during Super Bowl in 2019, which was Super Bowl 55? 54? Super Bowl 54. Um, people uh, watched. 640,000 hours of Super Bowl ads on YouTube in 2019. I mean, some of them are incredibly creative. So you get a lot, a lot, a lot of money back, but yeah. it's is a lot of money to 30 seconds. I mean, and the other thing is, is the, I, I reckon the amount of Americans who do who purchase through the Super Bowl game yeah. is quite high. Well, they, I saw a stand, it was like 72% of people who watch them see it as an entertainment, so it's part yeah. of the show. It's not like an advert where you like, Oh, the advert's wrong. Yeah. People would sit down and they'd watch the whole presentation from 
6pm to midnight to watch the adverts as well. You know, other percentage I'd like to see? The breakdown of how many of the companies who do the advertisements are of food or drink industry. Because mm. that would be really... In- and then their profits from that one night... Unreal. Would be... That would be a really interesting yeah. stat to find. Anyway. I've got one more. I've got one more. Oh, you have so got one I've more? Got, yeah, so oh, I have got- two and you have three. Oh, yeah. yeah. My bad, sorry. Right, this is a good one, if, if I do say so myself. Okay. I'd, I'd be... Right. In... Believe it or not, Brandon, mm-hmm. in the 1932 season, the Chicago Bears had six tie games. So they drew six games. Mm. Well, I don't think they would have drawn six because in 1932, they probably only played about seven games. <laughs> so I, I assume you've brought this question on from seeing them and they maybe draw, drew three of them. But six is a... I mean, there's only 17 games played 90 years later. And there's not as many... It wasn't. There was hardly as many teams back in 1932. So six tied. Oh! Oh! Oh, wait! Wait, wait, wait! Oh! Oh! <laughs> there's a YouTube video where they go through, like, the history of the NFL. Really? And I've got... I feel like they, there was something about tie games. I have to ask you, are you a believer or an unbeliever? I do believe, Ben. You're right in believing. Yes! Is it from that YouTube video? Uh, it wasn't from that YouTube uh, video. I got it from I think they must have said that. But though. their record, so the Chicago Bears record in 1932 wow. was 7-1-6. So they still had a winning record because... That's like f- yeah. 14 games still, yeah. actually. I mean, so they drew 0-0 with the Packers. Oh no! Zero zero with state with Staten Island Stapletons. Zero zero with the Chicago Cardinals. What the hell happened? Seven seven with Boston Braves. Thirteen thirteen with Portsmouth Spartans. Seven seven with Portsmouth Spartans. And then again, their record was seven one and six. So they, they only they lost not, one game. How do you not score points? How long was the game? I'm pretty sure it's almost the same length. God, imagine if we were alive then. We would not be we would not be watching this sport. And that's when it was seen to be as the toughest. Yeah. Because there was no oh, like obviously there are pads, but not much technology. Helmets without the um like chin guard. Mm. Like it was they were wearing scrum hats to, to play American football and that's Yeah. That six unreal. ties. Wow. Would would you ever look back in history and go, Oh yeah, the Packers or the New England Patriots? Drew a game seven all or nil nil. No, no. I don't and they both did it with the Chicago Bears. And to make it unreal. worse, at the time the Cardinals were their city rivals, shared a city, and they drew nil nil. So boring. Yeah, but that is really interesting though. That is a belief. That's so. good. That's mad. If we imagine, if someone had, when you get that, you get a tie game once or twice a season now. Yeah. Imagine six times for one team alone. Because yeah. well, the other teams have yeah, already got and. Portsmouth Spartans played them twice and drew twice. So that's, if you look at it, four from mm. two games. That would make the playoffs more exciting, though. Imagine all the, <laughs> imagine all the draws. Yeah, the overtime would become a drag, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so long. I wonder if they had... Oh, they probably didn't have overtime, did they? No. Uh, that makes more sense. Anyway, I'll go for my final one. Sorry for picking three. It's fine. Um, it's, all, it's all for the fun. Yeah. Believe it or not, Ben... The Baltimore Ravens mascot is called Poe 
after a famous poet. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's a good one. See, right now I'm trying to think. Baltimore's they're based in Maryland. Is there anything famous about Maryland literature? Not that I can think of. Uh, wasn't particularly good at English. So that doesn't really help. <laughs> uh, had a terrible teacher, so I wasn't very interested. Um, and the only thing I can think of is their like little crest, isn't it? It's like kind of racy. Racy? What do you mean? Like it's, it almost looks like um, it's orange, yellow, and the two Bs. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm a non-believer. I don't believe. You should have believed that. Oh, Poet Edgar Allan Poe is from Baltimore, um, and they named the mascot Poe after Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And this is even more crazy, Ben. Go on. He wrote a poem called The Raven. And that's why the ravens are called oh, the, the ravens. ravens. They're not named after the bird. They're named after a poem. Mad. Mind blown. Well, there you go. Can I? I mean, the other thing is as well is they used to, the cults were obviously based there. Mm. So that's. Oh, that's nice. Maybe that's nicer. Maybe he had a horse as well. <laughs> <laughs> called Blue. It was the cult's uh, mascot as well. But yeah, that was my final that's, one. I, I, and that's another thing. Again, we we see so many things from disbeliever on our segment, don't we? How many teams are based... I mean, obviously, there's the Browns yeah. and the Bengals were named from their owners, mm. but they had the same owner. I wonder how many were then, like, even moved to a city because of a personal relation or named because of a personal relation. Interesting. That would be very interesting. Yes, you all know what that sound means. That sound means we're in our final segment of today's episode. And um, it's a very interesting one. It could take a while, but mm. it is well worth being here for it all. So, I had a little thought in the week. We've seen our first game. We're in the Hall of Fame. Contracts getting thrown about. People are starting to get cut from the time this episode will go out. Why not have a look at Pro Football Focus's power rankings for the 2021 season? Mm -hmm. So, what will happen is, I will say every word, not every word, every, every team, team uh, in their position, and we will comment, not on every team, on a select few that we think are relevant, yeah. Uh, and yeah, go from there. So, for those of you that don't know about power rankings, they are essentially... Um, what the journalists and analysts in America see as team in form, essentially. Mm. It's like their form guide, in a way. So, obviously, at the back end of last season, the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, and the Philadelphia Eagles were pretty shambolic. Yeah. So, they're the bottom three for this example. Top three will obviously be Tampa Bay, Chiefs, Packers, because they reach AFC and NFC playoffs, mm -hmm. and Super Bowls. Let's get into it. Go then, number man. 32, the Detroit Lions. Go from the back. <laughs> yeah. Number 31, the Houston Texans. Yeah. Number 30, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. 29, the Jacksonville Jags. Uh, depends how Trevor plays. Yeah. That is the big one. Purely. Definitely. Uh, number 28, the New York Jets. Number 27, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number 26, the New York Giants. The number 25, 
Carolina Panthers. 23, the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah. Two 23s. Are they just... 24, the yeah. Minnesota Vikings. 23, LA Chargers. Right, this is where I... I if, you want to say, if you want to say the next few teams, who are the next three teams on there above them? The Denver Broncos, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, yeah. and the Washington football team. All right, how can you put the Chargers below them? they got the rookie, offensive rookie of the year in Justin Herbert, and you're putting them below the Broncos, who don't even really have a quarterback, mm. the Raiders, who are awful, and the Washington football team, who are pretty damn awful, and they only got to the playoffs with a losing record as well. Because everyone else in their division was awful. Yeah, that's how that... can you put the Chargers below with the offensive rookie of the year? I mean, yeah, Washington that's uh, Chase Young, but I think that's just that's very very low for the Chargers. I I, I agree. My first point is Washington high at twenty. Mm. You know, have they done enough to maintain playoffs through free agency? Have they brought in another receiver who's actually a good receiver? Yeah. Yes, they have Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic has never got to playoffs. Mm-hmm. That here is is one statistic that people were consistent on. He's a bit like an Akin Fenwa in football. <laughs> yes. Everyone likes him, but he's isn't that great. great? No. Um I, I I I agree. I think the Raiders are going down. They've given PFF have also given the highest graded player as Darren Waller, who's a tight end. <laughs> don't, get, don't get me wrong, there are some good tight ends in the league, and mm. Darren Waller is certainly a top five tight end in the league. But if your tight end is your game changer, yeah. That's not right. No. Um, again, with the Broncos, we don't even know who's going to start for the Broncos. Their receiving core is too good. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Their receiving core is too good for the two quarterbacks they have. Mm. Which is madness to me. But that's how it is. Uh, the Chargers should definitely be higher yeah. than those three teams ahead of them. Even arguably at 19, the Chicago Bears. But we're not the analysts. So don't give us hate. Uh <laughs> Number 18, now this is my second point. 18 is Atlanta Falcons. Too high? Too Way high? too high for me. They've got an ageing quarterback. They've just lost their most creative player. Yeah. Uh, yes, they've brought in Carl Pitts. Is he a Julio replication? Uh, not replication, substitution. Well, they have put highest graded player, Julio, Julio Jones, Jones, who's actually gone. Exactly. So, so I think that, like, genuinely, I think that drops the Atlanta Falcons to the highest 25. I don't think they're great. I, I, I think well. they'll have a top five pick, and they'd be stupid not to go for a quarterback next yeah. year. Um, 17, Dallas Cowboys. Mm, don't know. It depends what we get, and yeah. hopefully we, we see that in... Um, depends on yeah, and and what we see in, in Hard Knocks. That, mm. that could be a game changer. Um, here we go. This is the interesting segment. Halfway through the league. 16 New England Patriots and 15 Arizona Cardinals. Oh, we're, we're neighbours, Ben! It's like the draft all over again. <laughs> uh, I think... I think we're both too low, to be honest. Mm. I, think you're, I think you're better than us. I don't think you're... I think you're maybe two or three teams better than us. I think we're definitely yeah. we're definitely low for halfway. I, I think the Dolphins they haven't had a playoff run no. for ten years. And I, I think the other thing with us is we're in the hardest division in, in NFL. Mm. So how? And it's not just like that's us saying it as Cardinals fans who consistently finish bottom. It's not. You look at journalists. You look at analysts. They say the NFC West is the hardest division in football yeah. at the moment. That's a fact. So how is the lowest team rated fifteen when we didn't even finish bottom of our? 
division last year. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, again, I agree. Both power or highest graded players are O-linemen. Let's just let's just let's just uh, let me just remind our listeners who who we have on a uh, on our roster at the moment. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Who has consistently received a 99 rating in Madden throughout the season? JJ Watt, who is a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, yeah, a three-time All-Pro. Kyler Murray, one of the most exciting quarterbacks talents in the league. Mm. Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Rondell Moore. This is bullshit. We should be at PFF. Yeah. <laughs> this, that, that, that's just how it we is don't for me. Put an O-line is the mm. highest graded player. No. Um, I think it's the same with the Patriots. Not not to your extent, but Shaq Mason, you know, he, he is, he's a great mm. great guard. But we've seen an O-lineman. They, I know we, we spoke highly about Alex Leatherwood last, year, uh, last week, but you don't really have them as your highest graded because they don't do as much as, I don't know, a Cam Newton or yeah. a Dante Hightower who's back or a Carl Van Noy who's or back or a Hunter Henry or, who a, ha- this or year. a Jonu Smith or I don't know who's who's the guy a Judon someone Matthew Judon from the Ravens who was coming on defence yeah, yeah pro bowler or Stefan Gilmore defensive player of the year in 2019 <laughs> uh, these lot are stupid let's move on <laughs> um, 14 Miami Dolphins silly 13 Steelers this is my other point you look at the Steelers roster, they only have TJ Watt. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. There are 13. They lost Bob Dupree. Yeah. They'll say lose. Don't know. Who did they gain, I think is the big thing. Mm. Najee Harris. Yeah. Juju's basically admitted he's gone next year. James Washington, their big receiver, is gone next year. They were 11 ben Roethlisberger's gone next year. 11-0 at the start of last season. Then it all went wrong. They did go eleven and zero. Yeah, I, I, I don't and they know. had pretty much the same. They had pretty much the same team. They're a tricky one. They the are. Cowboys and the Steelers the, are really tricky. The Steelers will always be positive, which means they're always. <laughs> oh no, be... we've jinxed them now. <laughs> they're going to go for the next twenty years negative records. Sorry, uh, Brandon's friend. Twelve <laughs> <laughs> um, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, which I, I think is fair. I think. Mm. Again, it's one of those teams. It depends what happens. They're not as flary. Obviously, they've got Julio and AJ as their receivers, and King Henry, Derek Henry. They're they're, they're going to be class for the next few years. Yeah. But yeah, uh, eleven. The Indianapolis Colts. Mm. Ten. I think no. Can I say? Of course, you can. I know Colts have a really great defense, but I assume these were made a few weeks back without mm. finding out Quentin Nelson or. Carson, uh, Carson went, so I think they dropped down a bit for the majority of the season, or the start of the season at least. Um, I still think it's a bit high for them. I yeah, I can what see do you that. Think? Do you reckon they're basing it off their defense though? I don't. I don't know how you can't. Is is a load of defense? But they've got DeForest Butler as their yeah. <laughs> highest um, graded. Now we're in our top ten. Yes. So this is where it may become rather stop starting. Another uh, ten Seattle Seahawks. Number nine, San Francisco 49ers. Mm. Um, the 49ers are always promising. Like, they are. It, again, it's the NFC West, I think. Unless you genuinely have a terrible roster, you're going to be exciting in that division. Yeah. Um, 
I think they have, they've got a good, they've got a Super Bowl team. Yeah. They've pretty much got the same, they've just got injuries. Which the, 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 yeah, the thing for me is we haven't seen them a full flow for two seasons now. Yeah. And they have uh, Jimmy G, who's in competition now, which we even put more pressure on him or make him play better. Mm. Um, I hope for the spectatorship it's the latter. Um, kids almost, though, were injured for the majority of last season. Yeah. Again, two of their key creative offensive players and they were in Arizona for their last four home games mm. couldn't even play in the Levi Stadium Yeah. so everything is disrupted over there in San Fran I don't think it's unfair that they're top 10 but we we haven't seen them be the 49ers since Miami in the Super Bowl Yeah. so we don't know whether that's going to be a, a good thing or a bad thing it's tough putting them above the Steelers mm. and the Cardinals where and the Seahawks, where they finished bottom of their yeah three of the four, two of the two of the three teams that they're up against, mm-hmm. they're above, and they finished bottom last year. Uh, that's just how it goes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight, the Browns. I think personally should be higher. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, eight and seven. So they put the Browns eight and the Saints seven. seven. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Browns who narrowly missed out on getting to the um, AFC Championship game. Uh, are below a team who have just lost their quarterback and they've either got 13-30 Jameis Winston or the... Uh, what's his name? I keep on forgetting people's names. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. They don't even know their quarterback and they're putting them higher than the Browns. Yeah, and it, and it was Breeze's and They've offense, lost, they've lost Emmanuel Sanders. They've lost... They've got Alvin Kamara, yeah. What and Michael do? Thomas is injured at the moment yeah. as well. I think that is, that is a bit weird. Uh, the Rams are number six. I don't think there's any complaints on that. No. This, this is where it gets a bit interesting for me. Five of the top, so four of the top five uh, are unnegotiable for me. I think the Green Bay Packers at five are unnegotiable. Four uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think that's negotiable. I think that is definitely negotiable. I think they're a bit too high. Uh, number three, Buffalo Bills, unnegotiable. Number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unnegotiable. Chiefs at number one. Unnegotiable. Like, them too, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, but as in within the top oh, five. Oh sorry, yeah, my bad. They're they're dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Baltimore fourth with. They haven't done anything. L.A. Rams, Cleveland Browns, and the Seahawks and the Colts behind them. They haven't I don't done agree anything. With. They no. don't do anything. They didn't look great last year. It's boring. They can't. They don't. Even, they got none to throw what, to. They, what was their news? Oh, they had a bit of beef with the Titans. Yeah. That was their news for the 2020 season. That was good fun though. It was funny. But it doesn't put them fourth. But it doesn't put them fourth. Above the Packers, who lot you got to the NFC Championship game. Okay, off, let, let me just point this out to you as well. Green Bay Packers, highest graded player, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills, highest play, uh, highest graded player, Josh Allen. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, highest graded player, Tom Brady. Kansas City Chiefs, highest graded player, Travis Kelsey. That's silly as well. That's silly. But three of the five have a QB as their most important player. Yep. The four Baltimore Ravens have a left tackle again. Again, we're not criticising O-lineman because we know it's a hard role and I would never want to be an O-lineman myself. But you have Lamar Jackson. He does all your plays. He has to run. You have Hollywood Brown Mm. who has to come in clutch every single time for that offence. The ball is thrown. And he's he's a 79.9 and the other players around him are all 90 and above. 
I, I think they've majorly fucked up there. And you look at the Super, uh, the super Bowl win probability, Green Bay Packers 11%, Baltimore Ravens 5%. How can you put them above them? And that's where I have a problem with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bucks. The Chiefs are first with a win percentage of 14%. The Buccaneers are second with a win percentage of 15%. If you're a power ranking, surely the more high you're up is, is the yeah. high percentage who's going to win it. And they've just beaten you in the Super Bowl and you only put on nine, put up nine points, which, please correct me if I'm wrong, is the lowest ever points in a Super Bowl. Yeah. How can you... Oh, it doesn't... I don't get it. Let's 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 look into the into the twenty twenty two season from these power rankings though. So obviously the the big thing is is that the Detroit Lions, based on these power rankings, will have the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And that looks like it's gonna be Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Or um the North what? Carolina quarterback, I can't remember his name, who looks exactly like Baker Mayfield and plays exactly like Baker Mayfield. I don't know. Um Jared Goff though, that would be, exactly. that'd be a massive. What does that mean, Jared Goff? Because Right now, PFF, who are looked at for a lot of analytical tools mm. and stats and numbers and figures in the world of NFL, putting a Super Bowl um, QB yeah. from two years ago, three years ago, at the bottom of the league. I, I don't know. Like These people haven't got a clue. For the line, <laughs> I mean, this could be the beginning of that cycle for Jared Goff now where... Like with Teddy Bridgewater at the Vikings, mm. you're becoming a backup. I, I think Goff's era of backup is starting I think next year. I think Goff's been treated pretty bad. Oh, maybe. I do as well. I think he's a good player. I mean, they had him in hard knocks the other year. Um, he seems like a nice guy. He's obviously a good player. He's got to the Super Bowl. And you put him last. And you put him Matt Stafford. I, I criticise Matt Stafford because we haven't seen much of him. But you're no. putting him sixth. With the Rams, I know they've got a great um, offense and defense of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but that's a big jump for a person mm-hmm. who hasn't never who's consistently made the playoffs what, two or three times yeah. maybe in his career, and he's been in the league for fifteen years mm. or something. Compared to someone who got to the Super Bowl two years ago, but I don't know. We're not the analysts, and we're not analytics. No, we're not. We're teammates. Talk about NFL podcasts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which means you should definitely believe us. Um, that's it for this week. That is. Uh, it's another good episode. We are one day closer to the NFL starting, which means we are one week closer to talking about NFL games on this podcast. And Thursday night, preseason week one starts. It Washington does. football team at the New England Patriots. We've got 16 games this weekend happening. I'm sure we'll pick out a a bit of a bunch like we've done with the Hall of Fame game. Talk about that next week. But yeah, look forward to it, guys, because football is back until February.